The Big Footy Port Adelaide podcast is proudly sponsored by New Vision. My team, Kanda, power. I love the power. power, power. I love the power. power, power. G'day everyone and welcome back to the Big Footy Port Adelaide podcast, coming to you live on Port Fan Radio. Joining us for part two of this pre-draft special, we have Porsche. G'day. How are we? Very well. Very, very, very much enjoying this. Nice. And back on the podcast, we are speaking with uh, Mission Possible. Hi, Macca. I'm actually near now. Yay! <laughs> this is good. I like it. Look, because we didn't get a chance to do it um, in part one, can you just tell us a little bit, uh, for any new listeners out there that weren't around last year, um, your history with uh, scouting? I uh, started scouting back in about '05. Did a couple of years at Port, and then about 08, I went over to Frio and did that for about five years there, and the last two years I've been a family man, and I've got a kid who plays footy now. Beautiful. I like it. Who should be in bed rather than sitting behind me listening to what I'm saying. <laughs> so you're coming from a, a position of power here, basically, which is great. Oh, yes, I'm real old power. Almighty, and everything I say is true. <laughs> That's, That's it. Must be really nice. Never get anything wrong. That's it. <laughs> well, look, let's uh, let's talk about Port Adelaide's picks because we've got a, a couple, I guess. Uh, we've got probably three that we're going to pick. Um, I guess the first question I've got is uh, is what do we need? What are your hopes uh, out of this draft for Port Adelaide? Um, I'll start if that's all right. Um, yep. I think that my number one want would be uh, another goal-kicking midfield half-forward type um, just because the guys we're getting in, uh, like Polek is a bit iffy with injury, Matt White's a bit iffy with injury, and if Tumpus does play forward, he's not had a great track record with injury either. I think that we've got to keep throwing people at that until we've got one or two guys that we know are going to play every week. Um, so that'd be a pretty big concern for me. Um, and apart from that, I think we can accommodate a lot of different players, but I think I'd want us to avoid... Um, ready-made half-back flankers as a key one. That's the one I definitely don't want to see do because there's no room for them in the side and if they're ready to play, they'll get shitty with us and go elsewhere in two years' time. Um, I think we could draft a key backman and we could draft... We sh- we, certainly, if we drafted a key forward, I think that'd be quite good if it was a genuine high key forward, like one of the monsters. Um, and a ruckman. I think a ruckman would be right up there too, actually. Um, you have to say that's probably my... I'd say that's my second place behind the goal-kicking midfielder uh, to get a ruckman developing on the list. But apart from that, okay. I think we're pretty flexible. I think we can go with quality. Um, I think we can probably afford to go with just the best available, but I'd like one of those two, the goal-kicking midfielder or the uh, Ruckman, the mobile Ruckman. For sure. Mish, what about you, mate? Uh, well, we need a Ruckman, but I wouldn't be doing that early at all. I'd probably even leave that to rookie list situation. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I think we need a to put another kid on the list as much as I'm very impressed with Frampton. You just can't get there and go, well, we're not going to bother developing a Ruckman for four years' time when yep. we haven't got lot Loby and Riders on retirement path. So it's Ruckman, you really just, for kids, you've got to plan that far ahead. Um, probably the next player we've got to look at long-term trying to replace on our list is Westhoff, which... Good luck finding one in the, them in the draft that can be tall and run like he does and fill in both ends of the ground and drop back like he does. But if one presents, I'd love to snap it. Um, other than that, mids, mids, mids. Just give me midfielders. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I've got to say I'm the same. Uh, for me, it's pace, pace, pace. I want to see midfielders, players with genuine speed who can deliver the ball well to their teammates as well. I think with Pollock injured this year, White getting on a bit as well. We did lack that pace at times throughout the year. So I think to replenish our midfield run, I think, is uh, is probably the appropriate thing to do. Also wouldn't mind another key forward. Um, and I think maybe a Ruckman with a rookie pick would be the way to go as well. Um, so, look, I think what we might do is just throw a few names out there with players that might be around at our pick uh, and, and see how they would suit Port Adelaide. So the, the first player that I want to mention is Luke Partington. He's a 182-centimetre midfielder, really nice size, has played really good SANFL league footy, has decent pace. Reminds me a lot of still side bottom. 
Uh, looks good as that sort of handball receive on the outside of a pack at a stoppage. Um, you know, he's already moving forward so he can break free and generally use the ball well. Um, I guess maybe my one query is, is whether he is too vanilla um, and probably needs to find a little bit of hardness to his game. And I'm not saying he's soft, but I would like to see a little bit more inside work. But I think if he's there at, uh, at our first pick, I reckon um, the club would be looking at him. I, I love him. Yeah. What do you like about him, Mish? Uh, like, he's a footballer. He's a mm. footballer. He's playing league level. He's. I don't think the toughness is anything that's missing. It's showed up a bit at league level, but you've got an 18-year-old with a shitty body trying to go up against season SNFL football, and SNFL football is as tough as it comes. Right? Mm. If you can get your footy at midfield level at Sample, you're going to find it at AFL level, uh, mm. particularly when you're somebody like him who knows how to run to the right spots. And, yeah, I agree with his vanilla in that he doesn't have one highlight reel that you go, oh, wow, how good's that? Mm. But by the end of the day, you sit there and go, Jibs, you played a good game of footy. Yeah. Like, Sam, Gray, Sam Gray's as vanilla as they come. There's nothing exciting about Sam Gray. Mm. Yeah, his games at the end of the year were great. The thing I like about Partington is that uh, he's... Probably, I suppose, if you're looking at the club that he would match up with best in all the AFL, so of all the 18 clubs, I think that if he was at Port Adelaide, I think he'd be in the best position to realise his full potential. Um, obviously, the story about Partington, uh, if you follow the draft, you probably read about it and that he lost his dad earlier this year. And, of course, we have a captain that had a very similar thing. Uh, and if you're looking for a role model, you couldn't go past Travis Boak at this point in his career. Um, it's been a really gradual progress for Boak, but he's just sort of built himself up from being a a player maybe a little bit taller than Partington, but a player that, you know, he still could have been an outside uh, flank and midfielder and he's developed himself into an inside gun. And I suppose as far as inspiration or for someone for a young player to attach to, um, that would be pretty good. And also obviously Partington being South Australia. Um, I agree that he is a bit vanilla. Uh, there's not a lot of tricks to his game and there is room for players like that in your side. Um, I think that you could make a case that we can afford something like that now that uh, Kane Corns has gone because while he was a good tagger as a player, he as a player outside of his tagging, he was pretty vanilla as well. He was good at accumulating, um, but as far as his actual disposal, so yeah, okay. His marking was yeah, okay. Um, and so you could say there's room in the side for that now. Um, I don't think that Partington would be my first choice for pick 32, but if we picked him, I think I'd still be pretty happy with that um, personally. I think he's. Yeah. I think yeah. he's got. I think he can. I think he'll fit in the side if we do pick him up. Um, yeah. But he, I'd still be looking for that burst of speed or that real uh, attacking drive, uh, whether that's you know out in the open or if it's through the contest. Um, I'd really want to see half forward if we can at this pick. I mean, he does have reasonable pace as well. He did a two point nine six in the twenty meter, uh, yeah. pretty good agility score as well. So he's he's got that sort of blend of uh, speed and endurance, which uh, we all <laughs> love at Port Adelaide. Um, and I guess the, the the interesting thing is that he did play for Port Adelaide in the juniors and was forced out of the club uh, due to yeah. the one club situation and had to go to Norwood. So it would almost be a sense that he's coming home as well. Yeah, the story of drafting him is fantastic for Port Adelaide, but then the fact of what he will do in the side is the, the more questionable part. Yeah. All right, my next player that I want to mention is uh, Aidan Johnson, who's a 184-centimetre half-forward flanker slash wingman. Uh, for me, I feel that this kid would possibly be talked about as a definite first-round pick had he played more than just the one match this year. Uh, just an absolute excitement machine, super athlete. If we want someone that can play on a wing and create excitement up forward, um, then this would be the guy that we need to look at. Uh, 2.97 20-meter sprint was in the top 25%, was in the top 4% for ability, top 20% in repeat sprints as well. And he also did a 10.48 in the three a kilometer and a 14-4 beep test. So he ticks all the boxes athletically. Um, you watch him play and he just has that sort of X factor. He creates goals and you know, I think he's a, d- a decent height as well at 184 centimeters. So he can also um, do a bit of a, a roll up forward. Um, I'll jump in before Mish on this one if that's all right. Um, with Aiden Johnson... No. Well, bad luck. Um, <laughs> <laughs> with Aiden Johnson, admittedly not having seen him play in person, but what I can see from YouTube video, which is really minor, is that he's good at pace, but he doesn't seem to be very good at getting separation on the lead. So every time you see him doing something, there's always someone hot on his tail. And 
I'm not sure how that translates to a level where uh, the general players are faster and more accountable than they are at junior levels. That would be my number one concern, apart from obviously his injury uh, proneness. This is quad that he has problems with, I think, isn't it? Yeah. Um, so those would be my two big questions on Johnson. I don't know what he... Mish, please go now. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm very cool on him. All right. There's parts of his game that it looks... He's almost one of these that looks pretty rather than what he does is actually effective and probably mm. my biggest my biggest knock on him is he looks to be one of these boys that when the ball's in traffic he reaches for it and fumbles yep. it rather than just getting over the ball grabbing it and going mm. which tends to suggest there's a natural fear in him which is a big worry mm. now mm. again this is where I said earlier in the other podcast that that's the impression I haven't seen enough to actually see that that is the case yeah um but yeah, if I was studying video, that's where I'd really be looking at and see what his decision making is actually like. Yeah. Because yeah, well, what little and the kicking looked okay, but the actual effectiveness of the decision of where to go actually didn't look that flash. Yeah, well, I guess that I mean, what I was just saying about how he doesn't get separation. I mean, if you're talking about him being top in the the combine, like high, ranked highly in the combine, it means he's got a physical advantage but that he hasn't been showing it on field if he's not getting clear separation with that sort of advantage on the players he's playing against. Um, and so that absolutely could tie into, you know, what's his decision-making like. Uh, and I think that's probably why... I mean, if he had the good decision-making, he'd be someone you'd probably have right up there uh, based yeah. on combine and decision-making if he had good decision-making. And I don't think he does. I think that's probably part of the issue. Um, from, but again, so, I haven't seen much in person. But I, I think that it support, supports what you're saying, Mish. Yeah, speed speed at testing is one thing. Mm. To be able to do that speed halfway through the third quarter is a yeah. different thing. And yeah. it's you can't really test for it unless you get the G, GPS data. Mm. Um, and that's that's the players who are quick. The ones that can still do it in the third and fourth quarter when everybody else is starting to run on the spot, all of a sudden they do look quick. Yeah. And it's not necessarily because they're blinding quicks, because they're still being able to reduce their speed. Yeah. Yep. Yep. No, that's fair enough. Uh, next player that I want to talk about is Alex Morgan, who's a 180-centimetre small forward. Uh, sorry, small defender, who I, I reckon could play through the midfield as well. Um, this guy's just got Jacob Surgeon written all over him, in my opinion. I love him. I love the way he attacks the footy. He plays a really quick brand of footy. Um you know, lightning quick. He takes the game on. He's aggressive coming out of the back lines. Um, I really like his ability to hit targets of any distance under pressure, which is as good as I've seen coming out of the TAC Cup this year. Uh, defensively, could maybe be a bit better, which is why I think uh, moving further up the field would uh, would suit him better for a longer-term sort of AFL career. Um, and look, I can just picture sort of Impey and Morgan running down both uh, wings, sort of wrecking havoc for, for years to come. Mish? I like him. But I don't think his speed is as good as what is being rated. I think when you watch his games, he hits the ball at speed all the time, which means he gets that first couple of steps in before everybody else can react to what he's doing. Yep. And he doesn't then run and carry the football. He'll yep. take his three or four strides after that and then deliver the ball, which makes him look real quick. But there's not much evidence to actually show that in a foot race he is actually that quick right to burn somebody away so and i love i love i love that he attacks the ball hard and he attacks the game and he's strong and direct and all that but i think foot speed can be slightly overrated with him i've got to say he's a player that i um really don't want us to draft because i think he's going to be a player type that will really frustrate me if we do um i think he's he's got good pace but I think that he likes sitting back and just running at it. Like, he likes being in a position to just watch the ball and then go in when he wants to. Um, and I think that for a, a backman, I mean, that's not really a highly desirable quality. And I'm not sure that he really pays enough attention to what he's going to do with the ball after he does. And obviously, it's a problem with footballers is when they spend it before they earn it. But I think he's really got the opposite of problem in that he gets the ball, like you said, Mish, and when he's got it, he he does take those extra steps rather than hammering it off because I don't think he thinks I don't think he thinks downfield when he gets possession. I don't think he's no, sort of sees he, what's going to happen. And then worries about it. Yeah. Yeah, and so I think that's a huge flaw. Um, 
for a midfielder or anyone that you're going to have getting in the contest because like there's so many sides in the league now that play intercept defence uh, and intercept defences will eat, will eat up what that player does all day long. Um, you can't you can't be that player anymore at AFL level. You haven't been able to for about 10 years. And I think that's my big concern about Morgan is I just think he'd either need to slow down, which would lose him his edge, or he needs to get really good at decision-making really quickly. And I think that's why he hasn't, doesn't go earlier. Again, I think decision-making is a, a real killer for him um, personally. So I'm not, I really hope we don't pick him, but I can see that we might. Hmm. Well, I think at this stage of the draft, and particularly in this draft, there's going to be players with question marks and... There's not going to be a complete player um, mm. that we're going to be able to pick. So they're all, they're all going to have their faults in, in certain areas. I really like Morgan. I, like, I love his attack on the footy and his pace. But um, I can certainly see why he would be a frustrating player if we did get him. Mm. Um, and could also see him being a player which uh, may play four games and that would be it for his career. But um, it would be interesting just to see exactly where he does go. I mean, I can sort of see him dropping, you know, possibly... Uh, pretty late, you know, sort of into the 50s and 60s. So, mm. um, yeah, it'll be a bit interesting to see where he goes on uh, on draft night. Um, yeah. The next player that I want to talk about is Declan Mountford, who's a 182-centimetre midfield slash uh, forward pocket. Um, once again, he's got really good pace. Um, he was, I think, the, the quickest tested over 5 and 10 metres at the draft combine. So he does have that good pace off the mark. Finished with a, a 290 in the 20-metre sprint. Uh, was in the top 5% in both the beep test and the 3-kilometre uh, run as well. I think kicking's probably the one thing that lets him down. His efficiency was uh, was pretty poor throughout the year. Uh, but still, I, I love the way that he attacks the ball front on. Um, he can kick a great goal. And I think he does have that uh, ability to sort of break away from the, the rest of his uh, opposition. I, don't, I personally don't think he'd be in the mix for 32, but he could be for 49. Um, yep. I... I don't know. I'm I'm not sold on this one, but we're drafting late, so you can't be you can't figures can't be choosers. I guess I don't know. What do you That's think? It. You want my honest opinion on him? Yeah, I haven't watched him, so I've got no idea. <laughs> I love it. That's good. It, it that I have not got around to it. It's just like yep. Yep. Yeah. So yeah. The, I, the first thing that I thought when I saw his footage was Cameron Hitchcock. That was the first thing that came into my mind. That's not good. Um, which That's is probably not the best sort of thing to get to come into your uh, your first thoughts when you're looking at a, a potential draftee. But um, yeah, I, I like his sort of blend of pace and endurance as well. I think it's perfect for modern day footy. Um, and look, if he can become that sort of uh, player on a half forward flank that can sort of burn off his opponents and, and kick a couple of goals, that would be uh, pretty helpful. Yeah, he feels like a real punt. Well, look, with, with the pick that we would get him, which I do agree it wouldn't be uh, our first pick, it would probably be our second or third. Um, I think um, to sort of target his sort of athleticism, um, I wouldn't be against that at all. Next pick is uh, Stephen Tahana, who's a South Australian, 183-centimetre back flank slash mid. Uh, he's got a lot of broadbent in him, both uh, on a back flank and in the middle as well. Um, off the back flank, he's quite instinctive. Um, seems to have a lot of time, and and the thing I really like about him is his poise under pressure. I think it's really good. Um, looks like he he thinks a move ahead. He's quite creative. Really good foot skills. Um, good agility to evade tackles. Um, the footage I've seen of him when he plays through the middle is what impresses me the most, though. Seems to have a natural ability to read uh, the tap at the stoppages. Uh, can break free and deliver a, a really neat disposal up forward. Um, looks to have an AFL-ready body, good frame to build around. Um, and look, I think in time he'd become a pretty decent centre-square mid. Um, I'm not sure about centre-square mid, but I think there's. I, I think he's one of those players that you think could reasonably be an 100-game AFL player, in my view. Uh, and if you could get someone like that at pick 32, I mean, you'd generally do that, wouldn't you? But Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I, I guess that... There's not a lot. Of, I don't think there's a huge amount of X factor. I think you'd be a slow progressor, but that doesn't mean in six years' time you won't have a really good player. So, I, yeah. I, if we pick Tahana, I'd be pretty happy with him at 32. If we did yeah. pick him, a lot like Partington, he's, he's quite vanilla. There's nothing that really sort of stands out. But well, um, that's great. okay, what do you got? Yep. Okay. I, I think Tahana's elite with his handball. Now, it sounds pathetic to say some kids are elite with the handball because most of them are pretty much the same. Every now and then you get kids that are exceptionally quick and accurate by hand. 
Um, and he can really create stuff at AFL level that's just going to be quicker than what a lot of AFL footballers can do. However, he's got no core strength in a contest. Mm. As soon as he's in a physical contest, he's on the ground. Yeah. Which is the big thing with him. Um, and the, the other question I would have on him is his endurance, but I don't know that. That would be the other thing I'd look at. But his physical strength in the contest, because I sit there with those hands, I want him inside mid. But if he's just getting knocked off footy before he gets it, yep. mm. it's, it's a waste. Yeah, I mean, he could be a good fit for some sides. I think that if we're looking at needs, I think that we'd be one of the clubs that would need him least in the league. Um, I think that a bottom eight club, though, I think, or bottom ten club, I think they'd probably consider a pun on him and about this, the pick that we would go for him. But I think that if, we, if we're if we trying to be still filling gaps in our squad, I don't think he fills one for us. But if we picked him, it'd be okay. Uh, next player is Will Snelling, um, mm. who's a 173 centimetre inside mid. He's a superstar at the stoppages. There's no doubting that. He's really good at hunting the ball. Gets the arms free and dishes off a really nice handball. He's a great tackler as well. Seems to have a great thirst for the contest. He's an accurate kick, uh, but would probably be the shortest kick in the AFL if he gets drafted. He really struggles to get beyond sort of 40 metres. Uh, pace is only average. Uh, just wonder if he's got enough tricks to make it at the highest level. Um, I guess the thing going for him is that he has played good quality state league footy in the SANFL, including a wonderful final series where... He was one of uh, West Adelaide's best players in their premiership. Um, averaged over 20 touches and five tackles through that final series. Um, I guess the main question I would have is uh, where would he actually fit in our AFL side? Yeah, look, I think that Snelling is a guy that is destined for the rookie list of some club. Um, and I think that as a rookie player, he's a really good pick. The main reason I would suspect he wouldn't go on the top list is because people really worry about people, first of all, that are under 175 centimetres, but also... Uh, players that are already, I mean, he's really physically developed for a, a player of his age, so that means he's had that advantage over the other players he's been playing against every week. Um, which, those two things alone, I mean, he's played well, but you just sort of have to wonder where the upside is and how much there is. There could be. Um, there's a reason why short guys go late, um, but also there's a reason why short guys come in from the rookie list all late in the draft and they do really well. So, uh, I, I think that, I mean, if we're, if we're drafting with pick 122 or whatever it is, then maybe. Uh, and if he did, he'd fill a similar role to um, Kane Mitchell. He Obviously, he's got a good footy brain, I think. Um, yeah, but I, I don't know that he... The thing going for him more than Mitchell is that he's actually got decent skills. Like, he can play footy. He's a good footballer. Yeah, but does he he's have the same speed as He's just a Mitchell? short ass. Uh, yeah. Is Mitchell all that quick? Yep. Yeah. I don't think Mitchell's really all that quick. To be honest, okay. but well, then yeah. yeah well, look, it, I did say he was f- uh, fairly slow, but I'm probably uh, selling him quite a bit short there. He, uh, he did uh, do a uh, two ninety five. He did yeah, a two ninety five in the twenty meter. Yeah. yeah, So he did pretty yeah, well there. His agility was in the top ten percent. Um, yeah. uh, pretty good uh, beat test as well with a fourteen ten in the top thirteen percent, um, and was uh, in the top ten percent for the repeat sprint as well. So. Yeah, right. look, he's probably got a lot more going for him than Mitchell. I think physically. if he was 10 centimetres taller, we'd be talking about him for first round, um, realistically. Except the other thing, factor is what Marco said. He can't kick over Jamtin. He hasn't got that um, Robbie Gray for six yeah. years couldn't kick over Jamtin either. Like the amount of times he used to make the ball at 40 metres and he used to go, crap, he can't make the distance from here. Mm. <laughs> Yeah. And all of a sudden now he can. I'm not sure what the hell he's done in the last three years to turn that around. But, yeah, so I like Snelling. He's a footballer. He's yeah. tough, hard and all of that sort of stuff. Yeah. Staying on the theme of, uh, of short fellas, Kieran Lovell, 174 centimetres. Average of 35 touches a game at the Nationals, 33 touches in the TAC Cup. Just a, an absolute ball-winning midfielder beast um, who's unfortunately 174 centimetres. But... I think he's got uh, similar physical attributes to Snelling in that he's quite quick. Um, he finished first in the agility test, did a 14-10 beat test, which is great. Top 20% in the repeat sprint as well. Athletically, he's got the package. It's just the height. He reminds me a lot of Ben Kennedy. 
Um, and I think that's both a good and a bad thing. I think he's got that zip, the change of direction, the footy smarts, the goal sense that Kennedy had as a 17-year-old playing in the SNFL and in the championships. Um, obviously, Kennedy hasn't really been able to bring that to the AFL yet. Um, and I think the thing going for him more than what um, Snelling has is that he can actually kick a decent distance. He can actually kick 50 metres. Yeah, I think he's a certainly a, probably a safer option than Snelling. Um, I'd still have some doubt if he was drafted before the fifth round, but he could be. I don't know. Mish might have a bit more insight on this one. It might be one of the players that he rates. What do you reckon, Mish? I don't rate him. No. Fair enough. Um, I, I just look I look at him physically and go, you've done so much work to get to where you are. Where's mm. your development going to come from? Your style of football. Um, yes, you've beating up against little kids but geez, I'd like to see state league football to see how you're going in amongst that uh, I think that's where Snelling you sit there and go I was cool on Snelling at the beginning of the year but when he started doing it at league level and started doing it consistently you sit there and go yeah you know you can handle the bigger bodies so do you think it's a little bit like um, someone like I suppose Derek Murray back in the day who what, he won two Morris medals but he just couldn't perform yeah, uh, against yeah. the bigger bodies yeah, yeah. That, and, and the pace of the game as well. Yeah. Right. SNFL contested footy is extremely quick. Right. Mm. You don't get time to think about what you're doing, where if you're playing tap cup or carnival football, you've still got time to do yeah, things. Yeah, true. Where, yeah. So if I was taking Snelling just on carnival form, I would be of no interest. That's what he's been able to do at Santville that mm. gets me interested in him. Next player, Nico Kearney, who's a 181-centimetre midfield accumulator. Was the second slowest midfielder tested with a 3.18 20-metre sprint. Uh, Was the slowest player tested for the repeat sprints. Uh, Followed that up with a 13.5 beat test, which was uh, below average as well. Uh, Skills-wise, he is very good. Reminds me a lot of Kane Corns and his style of play. Um, I guess the thing that... uh, I find negative is the fact that he does seem to look sort of sideways and backwards with his kicks quite a lot. Um, and he's someone which has quite a wide range of where he might end up. I mean, he might end up sort of in the top 25. He might end up going in the rookie rookie draft. I don't like O'Keeney at all. He's an absolute seagull from what I can see. And <laughs> I, don't, I, I don't think he's got enough to his game to justify an AFL career. I wouldn't, I wouldn't be surprised if he went undrafted. What do you reckon, Mish? It's actually interesting because I sit there and look at him. I, here's the first player while I was watch, watching the carnival that I said, oh, I like your competitive instinct. Mm. And um, the, the testing results surprised me mm. because uh, no, I didn't think he was slow, but I didn't think he was express either. Um, you just reading between the lines... I think there's off-field issues that come into play here as well. Okay. Um, I think his skill sets are okay, and that may be why he's tested so poorly, because there are these off-field issues. Because Mm -hmm. to look at him as a footballer, he should be pushing towards the top end of this draft and not closer getting to draft day, falling down and falling down, and now that you're getting people saying he's not going to get drafted at all, which... I think doesn't match his skill set. So I sit there and think there's something going on off field. Not that I have any inkling of what it is. But yeah, just reeks of one of these kids that they don't really think is going to handle AFL footy. Mm. Like the life of an AFL footballer. Yeah. yeah, fair enough. And dare I say there's a bit of slows on Matheson for that too. Okay. Yeah. Where they think you, I think some clubs, some clubs are getting scared off of Reese Matheson because he's a lad. Ah, uh, okay, right. And he yeah. mucks, mucks around, he's a lad, and all this sort of stuff, rather than being this perfect role model. But geez, it's yeah. nice to have a lad around your footy footy club when things aren't going perfect. All right, moving on. A uh, couple of, uh, well, at least one South Australian here, Mason Redmond, who's a 187-centimetre half-forward flank um, outside mid. Reminds me a lot of Sam Kerridge. I really like his uh, his lead-up forward play. He's got good size, great leap, really strong hands. Uh, can play through the midfield, and again, he's got that sort of frame that um, that I think you can see being built into a strong footballer. Um, I know he's a bottom-major 
Um, and so he's got a lot of developing to do. But my, my main query, not having seen much, and I know that Mish probably would have seen a fair bit, is that I'm not sure he'll cope with close attention. Um, I think he looks good loose, but I'm not sure. So have you got any exposure to that, Mish? I I just sit there and go, if he's 193 centimetres or if he's a yard quicker, I'd be interested. Mm. I just sit there and go, at AFL level, where are you going to play? You're not quick enough to be a lead-up forward. No. You're not mm. good enough midfielder to be a midfield. You're a Mark Harwood type. You're yeah. a good footballer, but you're not quite AFL. Yeah, Mark Harwood's a yeah. really good comparison, actually. Yeah, yeah that is. Yeah, That's exactly who I was thinking of when I was watching him. <laughs> I still like the, the, the one thing about Mark Harwood was the fact that he played that full game at SNFL and then played his best game the next day. The next day, yeah. Yeah, yeah that's right. Yeah. <laughs> Against Sydney, I think that was. Yeah, yeah. it was. And he kicked four goals or something. Yeah, anyway. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Next player that I've got is Cameron Hewitt, who's 189 centimetres, half forward flank mid, good vision, decent skills, good endurance. Uh, pretty much a more replacement, really, if we go this way. Similar size and attributes. Um, I like how he seems to have a lot of time around the ball, um, especially when he's near it and makes good decisions uh, with it as well. Um, and I like the fact that uh, hopefully we can um, get George Hewitt out of Sydney if we do pick Cameron. I don't know enough about Cameron to comment. Cameron's not AFL quality. There we are. Uh, I think uh, just... Don't see that he would stand up to the physical side of AFL footy. Right. He worries me. Just first time you clean him up, you'll never see him again on the footy field. Just, just one of those players that I think, when he really cops it, they'll knock all the confidence out of him. His yep. kicking, his kicking also really, really worries me. Uh, yeah, um, Paul Northeast would be proud of it. <laughs> <laughs> Right, yes, yes. Certainly those that like kicking techniques would not go near him. Yeah. Mm. So, yeah, I just... Yeah, I think that's reaching for somebody just because they're tall and they can move a bit and at times he can look like a pretty footballer. I did say he sounded like Moore and that sounds uh, pretty much exactly like Andrew Moore, really. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, it does, doesn't it? Mm. All right, next player, Greg Clark. Um, 194-centimetre tall midfielder. Reminds me of Mick Barlow, uh, but a little bit taller. Maybe Patrick Cripps as well. Uh, very slow off the mark. Um, he's not quick by any um, stretch of the imagination, but he does have very good endurance. Um, has a great inside game. Uh, could be a, a pretty useful addition if we do go this way. We, I think we lack a, a really tall mid. So if he's got the ability to play in other positions, um, then it could be quite a smart pick. I'm pretty okay. excited about Greg Clark, personally. Um, I, I think I'm probably more excited by the idea of Greg Clark than actual Greg Clark. In the, I think that he's probably a bit slow, but he seems to be really good in a contest. And I like the fact that he every time you see him, he always seems to be really working his ass off to get the ball forward. Uh, the fact he's the WA captain, I think that's reflected in his game, and I think he takes a lot of responsibility for what's going on around him, and that's exactly what you want to see in a, a, a young player that's coming into AFL, is to really be willing to take that responsibility on and um, be responsible for your own performance and also for the performance of the team, and I think that, I mean, that's the leadership quality, and that's why you get picked as captain. Um, height is perfect. Nice to get a tall midfielder in. Uh, I don't know. I mean, I, I love the idea of Greg Clark, but I, I don't know enough about his game to really say we should definitely get him. So, Mish, what do you think? Okay. First thing, don't ever compare him to Barlow again, please. <laughs> uh, Barlow is actually quick, and that's where most people forget he is actually quick because he's playing inside mid, as they forget he's actually got quick leg speed and he's got elite endurance. Clark certainly is not quick. And I think you're pretty much right, Porsche, where it's the thought of what he could be is real enticing. Mm. Um, but I really question it when I see a 194-centimetre kid not playing key position. Like, why are you not playing key position? Because if, mm. you're, if you're good at ground level, key position, and you can do what you should be able to do with Mark... You're just going to kill the opposition with your recovery. Um, I just, 
sit there and go, he's just not quick enough. Yep. When, when he when when it's the balls in his area contests, I don't think he gets to enough contests and doesn't get enough outside footy. I, I kind of. Right. I, I feel yeah. like that's one of the things. Like the reason why you wouldn't play him as a forward and why you might play him as an attacking midfielder is that as a forward leading down the ground, so on, on a lead, obviously he doesn't have the speed to get away with that. But as a potential contested midfielder. Um, where the ball is coming to him and he just has to force it through an opponent or in you know through the zone basically basically crack through physically I think there is a room for that um, uh, depending on the team and depending on how you structure and I think that's why you'd place him as a sort of a half forward type in that respect because if he's got the ball coming to him and he's going forward then he's a bit harder to stop than a lot of other players would be um, but I agree that certainly I don't think he's a lead up forward but I think he could be a a battering ram through a, a crowded half-back line. Um, I guess that's where I see him, personally. Yeah. yeah. Uh, again, I I just go back. My instinct says he's not going to make it, mm. but I, and I'm a bit like you. The thought of what he could be is very yeah. enticing. Yeah, definitely. All right. Well, man, I guess this is one thing that um, is good about Greg Clark for the club is that he's from Subiaco. He's played at Subiaco. He's even played a senior game for Subiaco, which is coached by Jared Schofield. So I think it might be one of the rare times when we might actually be able to get the inside scoop from uh, uh, an ex-player as to whether he's got the goods or, you know, what the story is with Greg Clark. So I, I kind of feel like if he is good, then we might pick him. And if Schofield says thumbs down, we won't. Um, yeah. No, that's fair enough. Uh, next player, Ben Crocker, 185-centimetre forward midfielder. Um, maybe a little bit... Uh, actually, he was all right in the uh, in the 20-metre sprint, which was good. Also in the top 20% in the three-kilometre as well. Uh, plays as a lead-up small forward. Strong grab, good positioning, good size already. Uh, probably reminds me of Ben Lennon a little bit, which I don't think is a good thing. Um, and I probably question what sort of role he would have at AFL level. Yeah. Reminds me of his brother, which scares me. Why is that? His brother was no good. <laughs> he was an absolute Barry Crocker. <laughs> yeah, pretty rats. Pretty rats. Um, yeah, so his brother was rookie at St Kilda. Um, very similar type player as far as I'm concerned. Um, Crocker is... Geez, he's going to dominate lower levels of football as a key forward. Uh, AFL is not a key forward. He's just a six-footer who plays as a key forward, which when you're playing under-18s footy, you get quite a few of them that can do it, but I'm yet to see one take it to AFL level where they can do it there. How's his fitness and work rate? Are they pretty decent? or I don't think they're that flash, no. Mm. no. So, yeah, uh, he's somebody who should be playing midfield and, yeah, you question why they're not playing at a junior level if you want them to play at an AFL level. Yeah. Or, or I mean, Blake Hardwick's probably in the same sort of boat. Midfield, but he's good footy as is as a key forward. Mm. So I just can't see him transferring to AFL footy. Next player I've got is Harry Himmelberg, who is linked with GWS, who's a 192-centimetre key position forward, so a bit different from what we've been talking about um, over the last 20 minutes or so. A strong lead, good mark, great leading patterns. Um, set shot kicking is a bit of an issue. was pretty poor in the champs in that regard. Kicked uh, uh, 12 goals, 10 in seven matches for New South Wales in the TAC Cup. Uh, kicked three goals, two, and took nine marks versus uh, Tassie. Uh, ended with five goals, six for the champs. Um, we spoke about the need for a, a Westhoff-style lead-up half-forward before. I think Himmelberg could be that player, although he doesn't have that height. Um, his set shot kicking uh, for me it looks fixable he just needs to tighten up his ball drop a little bit when running in, he sort of wavers around a little bit um, linked to GWS so we would need to bid for him do we get him, it's hard to say would GWS likely match the bid um, yeah I mean it, it probably depends exactly where Hopper and Kennedy go really yeah I was going to say I doubt they're going to have enough points to bid on him and I don't think they want to go in negative territory with their biddings. Um, so I think you... if, if you want him, you'll get him. 
isn't there a point where like isn't there something like pick 52 like after that you can just list them for free without a point expenditure um yeah, yeah so in so, that case i think there'd be a realistic chance that he'd get to that point and they'd get him for free yeah if they get him like that that's fine but i think if they've got a match points offer they're not going to be able to do it so someone will bid on him Really, the only way we'd get him is if we picked him at, like, 49, like a couple of picks before the free zone. Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah. Uh, there's no way I'd do pick 32 on him. No. No way. No way. Um, I actually don't like him. I think he's just got one trick and that's it. Yeah. And uh, there's other ones playing his sort of roles that I would prefer to have a go at rather than him. Yep. Uh, yeah, and his kicking's woeful, and that's a that's a pendulum as he rings it, runs into what kick the bloody wall. Almost almost takes a good foot and a half outside his kicking leg, mm. Mm. which is where you say he should be able to fix it up. But he's been in an academy and hasn't fixed that up. David Cunningham is <laughs> probably one that I want to mention who may not be available at our pick. He might go beforehand, um, but he's got that sort of uh, burst speed. Um, out of a pack, it's almost Dangerfield-like the way that he goes through uh, through stoppages. Um, I guess my main query with him is that he needs to get a hell of a lot more of the ball than what he does. But when he does get it, um, something good tends to happen. So he's probably like Nathan Freeman in that regard. Um, yeah, if he could turn into a, that sort of 20 to 22 touch midfielder, um, he'd be pretty special. Um, I didn't bother researching David Cunningham because I figured he fell in that dumb twilight zone between the first round and our first pick. Um, so yeah. I've got nothing to say. Yeah. Again, he brings that real pace to the table. Real penetrating football. Dare I say, he's a 70 metre player where every time he touches the footy, I get you over the back of the zone and you get onto the fast break just because he's got the footy. Um, I think for somebody as quick as he is, he's actually a good kick as well. Um, maybe not touch, not a good touch kick, but he's got the penetration in the game. It's not a floater or anything like that. So, I, I think he'd be really in the mix for our pick. Now, whether he's gone beforehand, that'll be interesting. Because mm. we just did what twenty-five picks, and he hadn't gone, which means, yeah, he's got to be close to getting through to thirty-two. I guess the last player that I want to mention who we've been linked to a little bit in some of the mock drafts is uh, Jock Cornell, who's a 186-centimetre midfield forward. Seems to be a bit of a theme um, with that sort of height and that sort of player. Uh, watching his footage, he reminds me so much of, uh, of seeing Ben Newton for the first time. Good lead-up forward who can also play through the midfield and should develop into an inside mid in time. Good around the packs, reads the play really well. Uh, decent kick for goal. Didn't test too well, was in the bottom third in pretty much everything, uh, so that might be a bit of an issue. Um, I think he's also linked with GWS, so again, it would be a matter of whether we bid on him or whether we could get him a little bit later on. Yeah. I think he's a bit of he's a GWS player. Everybody's got the media are getting carried away with, oh, let's just everyone's going to bid on all these GWS kids. Mm. Um, to me, a barely looks S N F L level. Right. I would just go, mate, you play at this NFL level before I even even have a look at you. Yep. I just think mm. to draw the line from where he is to AFL is just too long. <laughs> <laughs> nope, that's fair. That's uh, shot that one down. <laughs> Pretty well. Um can I bring up a couple now? Couple you sure can. Great. Yep. Okay, Absolutely. So one I want to look at Potentially, uh, it's a rookie list maybe, but even our last pick um, is probably Gash Neon from uh, Dandenong Stingrays uh, as a ruckman. Because uh, I don't think we've discussed any ruckman yet in this little section. Um, obviously, he's done very well in the combine. He's right up there, not for proportionate jump, but he's right up there with the jumping ones. And I think he's there for the running jump for ruckman. Um, he's very raw, which is why he would go late. Uh He's not as raw as Mabby or Chol, as far as I can tell, but uh, I think that he'd be a pretty good option for us because I think that his style of game um, could match similarly to Patrick Ryder's, so you'd have, we'd have some ability to cross over that. What I have seen, uh, the little bits I've seen, is that he does also seem to be capable of dropping back in defence, not as a key backman, but about as well as Dean Brogan did, and at least that's something. Um, 
so I'd be interested in that, uh, in having a crack at him for the last couple of picks, just purely on potential alone. Um, yeah. I don't know. What do you reckon? Yeah. Physically, yeah. he's yeah. an absolute monster mm. because he's uh, he's pretty bloody tall. Um, yeah, well, 201 centimetres, yeah. Yeah, 201 centimetres, good size, uh, lightning quick for his uh, for his height. I think he um, almost had the quickest five-metre sprint um, was in the top 15 for the 20-meter sprint as well. So physically, he'd be right up there. Uh, it would be interesting to see just about where he would go, whether he does actually make it through to the rookie draft. Okay. I think. What's I his think... endurance like? Uh, let's have a look. He did a 13.7. Good, good enough. Good enough to yep. be developed. Yep, yep. Um, just have to be wary of Ruckman that can't do 13s. You can eventually put a line through them and go, they can never develop a tank. But, yeah, right. something like that. Um, so, yeah. Um, I I think he's got a lot of potential. Again, mm. he's a mile away from it at the moment, but he's a 200-centimetre freak athlete. Yep. Um, he's, he's supposed to be a mile away from it now. Yeah. If he wasn't a mile away from it, he'd be. you start talking about him being first-rounders like Grundy or... Adenui. Nick Nat and yeah. Cruiser yep. because they're close to being footballers. Right? Yep. Um, yeah, I, I think he's in. I think he's in that sweet spot. So between those first round ruckman types that you talk about, but also like maybe Ocholi's rated as a potential, and he's just so raw. I mean, he looks like he just picked up a football. Um, whereas yep. Neon, you can see that he has got a little bit of background. He does have an idea of what he's supposed to do, and he does have a pretty good uh, chance of executing and what he's trying to do. Uh, so he's got that little bit more certainty to him than you know, a, a, like a than an international recruit or something like that. Yeah. I think he's yeah. got enough going for him that he's probably worth even the first uh, a main list drafting spot rather than take a chance on rookie draft. And that will really develop, depend on the scouts how much improvement they've seen from him round yeah. one to round twenty this year. How much him. If they sit there and go, well, his footy hasn't improved, there'll be a lot of slows. But if they've gone from, uh, he's a charity TAC Cup player to actually being a decent TAC Cup player in one year, they'll be quite keen on him. Yeah. Yep. True. So as long as they see a progression in him, they'll be keen. And there's enough to be keen about. Yep. Um, the other ruck that you probably run around and have a look at would be Perella. Oh, Okay. From, from Sturt, that SA Ruckman. Yeah. What um, would you rate as the, the key thing about his game that you've had a look at? I think his um, desire for the contest. Okay. He, he likes to get involved in the pack work. Dare I say, a bit like Primus, where once the ball hits the ground, he's in there and he's tackling and he's trying to free the ball. He's active, which is unusual for a Ruckman. That is unusual. Right. Mm. Yep. But like Primus, does not have a lot of in the air around the ground. Mm. Um, so, yeah. so he finished again. bottom in the uh, in the kicking test, I think at uh, <laughs> at the draft camp. <laughs> so that's something to improve on. He was also he did a thirteen two beat test, so probably something to improve on there. Bottom ten percent in the three kilometre. Yeah, and the right. one thing he can do. One thing. What do you want a 204 centimetre footballer to actually be able to do? Take a mark. No. <laughs> yes. I want him to be able to tap the ball. Yeah. And feed it down guys' throats, and he can tap with both hands. Yeah, okay. Well, that sounds pretty good. You sold me, Mitch. So, what he's supposed to be good at, he's generally good at. Like A lot of the other people we go, he's Ruckman, but we don't actually like his right work, but we are like what else he does. Mm. And to me, that doesn't work. You go, yep, okay, these guys can ruck now. Where do we go from there? Yeah, true. It's like having a Ford and you sit there and go, oh, gee, this is great recovery. And it's like, well, stiff if he can't mark the ball. I'm not yeah. interested mm. in I think the classic yep. one for me in that category was um, Josh Fraser, who was rated as the best ruckman below his knees in the league, and it's like, well, that's not really what you want, is it? Nice and handy if you got the other stuff, but yeah. Yeah, yeah just Pause one it. other that I want to mention, and that's because I'm not sure why he's dropped as low as he has, and I'm hoping that Mish might have a bit of a 
insight there. And that's Ryan Clark, um, who's a midfielder from Eastern Rangers. Um, he had a big finish to the year, so I think he has come in a bit more contention lately. Uh, and he has had a few games where he's playing at Melbourne Grammar rather than for the TAC or the state side, so that could have his form hidden a little bit. Um, I don't know, what, have you seen much of Ryan Clark? What do you think of him as an option uh, for drafting? I was wondering when his name would come up. He yeah. is my love child. Yep. He, he does look uh, Yeah, he's just a late engine. Mm. Um, he's just, and he uses it. You watch him play football and he runs hard. He runs hard. You can see he's actually pushing himself to get to position. Mm. His skills are okay. They're not elite, but there's nothing wrong with them either. Um, yep. And he works both ways. Right. Yeah. You'll see him get the ball deep in defence. You'll see him get the ball deep forward. Right. A lot of people who run hard, they run hard one way, not the other. Um, yeah, no, fair enough. He does seem to be pretty complete, doesn't he? And, yeah, and he contests. When it's his turn to go, he'll go at the ball, at the hard ball. It's not normally what he's doing, but when it's his turn, he goes. <laughs> yeah, look, I, I expect him to be long gone. Honestly, I, I don't see him going past... The two WA sides, I reckon they would um, eat him up. I reckon at, at the very latest, um, if not them, then the dogs would be right into him as well. But I reckon he's um, he's someone that would be on the fringe of the first round, you know, that sort of pick 15 to 20. Um, if he makes it to us, I will be running down the street. Will it be pants down left around the table like James Fantasia? Absolutely. Pant- the pants will be off anyway, but um, maybe underpants will be off and then running running around the table. Well, that's, we didn't need to know that, Macca. <laughs> <laughs> no, he, I mean, he would be, yeah, out of everyone we've spoken to uh, about this evening, he would be my number one option um, with our pick. But, yeah, I can't see it happening. Right. Well, that, that was all I've had a query about. Does Mish have any other little surprises that he reckons we might have a go at? What do you reckon, Mish? Yeah. Um, I like Ola Kahn's from North Adelaide as far as a rookie pick or a late draft pick I think he just uses the ball real well doesn't quite get it enough yet but I think he's got AFL talent with his use and he's got enough speed but yeah I sit there for a local for a rookie pick I don't mind why do you think he'll go rookie list if that's all good I, I just don't think anybody's talking about him, which generally means the clubs aren't looking at him. Okay. I just, um, yeah, he didn't play all the carnival, but he played some. He's played reserves footy without setting the world on fire, but I think he's got the tools there to be an AFL footballer. Okay. Um, um, the other one I like is the... Key forward from Glenelg, Allen, I think is his name. He played full forward for the state. And I, again, he's that 193 who I would have before I'd take Himmelberg, purely because he has got potential to run up the ground and move around once you get some engine into him to actually do a Tom Lynch type role where he presents, presents mm. for the ball. And the kid's got some mongrel about him. He loves being physical in the contest. And he knows how to lead. I think for somebody who's not talked about, if he'd played TAC, they'd just be loving him. Um, oh, and then the other one, Skinner. Yeah, Sam Skinner. Mm. He's, he's an interesting one. Because, well, he did his knee in the carnival this year. And if he didn't do his knee, I think you could pretty much say everybody at that point in time had him going top 20. Right. Um, so if he'd finished the work year off the way he should, like, yeah. Because, um, like, he was getting a game in front of Harry McKay in that uh, big country team. And when yeah. he went down, Harry McKay came into the team. Right. Um, yeah, yeah. Okay. Uh, well, he's a good size as well, 197 he's centimetres and 94 kilos. He's, uh, you know, he's ready to go. Yeah, yeah. And he can mark the footy. So, it's again, 
I don't like picking key position players who have done a knee. But again, if I'm picking in the 30s in this draft and you give me a key position player of that quality, I think I'll take the risk and go, well, if it doesn't work, it doesn't work. I haven't lost much. Yeah. Yeah. But it depends on who else is available at that pick, obviously. Yeah. But yeah. yeah, obviously. Right. Yeah. And that's... But they would have to be good for me to pick, him be- pick before them. I think there'd need to be a player that we could see playing... Uh, in our side the next two to three years to pick before him probably so someone yeah. that does feel a need like if it's a just a good halfback flanker then no yep <laughs> yeah and then you got a player like Fitterini if he slides to us well he'd have to be on our radar I would think yeah mm. no doubt yeah oh. good stuff yeah. so, so from all this hype of this being a crap draft <laughs> We've just named about 50 players so. <laughs> by, by the time it comes to this stage It's actually looking like A normal draft right. um, yeah. I, I sit there and think You probably go to the draft With 30 players on your list That you're pretty confident Could be AFL footballers And that's oh. a normal For a club Would They you have say... a list longer than that But generally it's only about 30 That you're comfortable with um, earlier, I made a comparison to like a 2008 draft, um, in that there were a lot of clubs that didn't get it right and a few clubs that did, and I think we were one of them. Do you think it's one of those ones where there might be a divergence of opinion, but that um, I suppose clubs that have got it right off field might get a very high success rate, and others might get nothing? Yeah. Yep. Yep. Like, there's not a lot um, of safe ones, or really, yeah. As some some people be very happy going to the table and picking ballot. Going, yeah. Yep. Yeah, with an AFL football, uh, I'm pretty sure there'd be other clubs going. Jeez, I wouldn't be picking him that way. I'm not sure. Like, he'd be mm. a lot later. Pick. Um, I think Tucker would have that sorts of things too. Whether it'd be some clubs going, oh, really confident this kid's going to be a good footballer, and other clubs not like him. Um, and that's always the go. So, yeah. just because everybody's saying. Again, we go back to somebody like Kuno. Just because everybody's saying he'll go top ten doesn't mean all the clubs actually rate him top ten. No, no. They're just confident a club in that top ten will pick him. Yeah, so I guess that's really a distinction to be made between a poor draft because the talent pool is small or what we think is a poor draft is because there's not a lot of agreement on who goes where. Um, it's probably more in that letter category, I guess. Yep. Um, what was it? Two years ago, is well, I was trying to remember when the poor draft was. You're sitting there and you're going, geez, I'm struggling to get 25 names. Um, yeah. I forget. We, we were talking about it at, at the time. Uh, it's like we're sitting there going to the draft and we only had 21 names. We are confident you could call out and go, they're going to be AFL footballers. Yeah. Now, that was a draft. I was yeah. think, sitting there going, I think if you've looked at this, the fact that you start talking Partington's going to be late 20s before he goes, I start thinking, well, it's not as weak as what we were led to believe. No, no. Okay. I do, hmm. do think it drops off fairly quickly from there. All right. Well, I reckon we might uh, call it quits there. It's been a, a long evening, uh, but certainly an interesting one and certainly look forward to seeing just exactly who we do pick Um on draft night, which will no doubt, no doubt be someone that we haven't even mentioned. So, yeah. yeah. So, well, yeah. Let's just, so, just so before go we by go, that, we're going to Gresham. <laughs> <laughs> or James Parsons. He's he's my smoking. If we get Jake Gresham, I reckon Mish is going to throw his phone into a river. I reckon. Oh really? Yeah. No, 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 no. I'd be happy with Jay Gresham at pick 32. If somebody picks him at pick 16, I reckon they got rocks in their head. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. So, yes, when people start talking about him being first round, I sit there and go, really? <laughs> Doesn't mean I don't like them. It's just, sorry, too vanilla for it's that. It's comparison, isn't it? Yep. That's it. All right. All right, Portia, thanks for coming back on. Thank you. It was a very fun evening. 
Indeed. And Mish, thank you very much for your uh, insights. No worries. I finally got him. That's it. <laughs> and we'll speak to you both, uh, I think, next week after the draft. Fantastic. Yep. No awesome. Okay. Carnapair. Carnapair. Boys, though, both threatening with every passing minute. Back to full forward. Off hands. Brown needed to trap it. Couldn't quite. Hassled out of it. Port Adelaide getting numbers. Wingard. No way. Staggering.